0: happy valentine's day my name is kelly and my dharma name is mon yisa i'm going to talk to you today about love and attachment when our western minds think of love we envision affection passion a deep attachment for another person we positively associate these two ideas of love and attachment in buddhist teachings It is attachment that trips us up remember buddha said in the second noble truth that attachment is the root of all suffering is buddha telling us not to love from wikipedia depending on which version of the bible you are referencing the word love is used 310 to 538 different times The Bible describes four different types of love. Storage love, which is empathy or fondness. Filial love, which is friendship. Eros, which is romantic love. And agape, which is unconditional, selfless, or godless love. The word love is used in almost all religions. Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, and Sikhism. Ironically, you will not find the word love in the big red book of long Buddhism, or in Buddhist text. I wondered, if love makes the world go round, why don't Buddhists use this word? Maybe the word love is too generic. Maybe the idea of familial or romantic love was not an everyday reality for monks living in the forests and mountains. Maybe love and attachment are different concepts in Eastern philosophy. Romantic love was perceived as an obstacle to enlightenment by the Buddha. In my research, I found instead of using the word love, Buddha described four emotions, which are also known as the Brahma Viharas or the four divine abodes. The first emotion is loving kindness, Maitri, or metta, which is the quality of the heart that makes no distinction between any living creature. It is unselfish. Think of a bodhisattva, a being who completely gives up their enlightenment to take on the suffering of the world. This is Maitri, love in its highest form. The second emotion is compassion, karuna, which includes self-compassion. It is the desire to reduce the suffering in yourself and others. The third emotion is appreciative joy, mudita, or unselfish joy. This means taking pleasure in the happiness or accomplishments of others or dwelling joyously in the present moment. The fourth and last emotion or mind state is equanimity, (laughs) yupeka which describes having a balanced emotions towards all living beings. Equanimity is a neutral response, a non-judgment, or a calm in the eye of a storm. These four emotions, or mind states, are cultivated through our meditation practice, and they give us strength to move along our spiritual path. In Juan Buddhism, these emotions are embedded in the fourfold grace and the truth of interconnectedness. You might believe that giving and receiving love is a simple task, but to practice Buddha's foremotion emotion requires dedication and hard work. Are you always loving, compassionate, joyful, and equanimous? aya Kema, a German Theravada nun, explained that love is a skill which needs to be developed. She states, if you are looking to... loved then you are looking for a support group but if you are looking to love then you are on a spiritual path loving everyone unconditionally and selfishly is not easy it is a skill that takes daily practice in action and rest most importantly this skill of love starts within your heart for yourself and that is why in metta prayer you always start with blessings for yourself then for your people you love then for those that are harder to love like your enemies until everyone is included in your prayers the four emotions of buddhist love need to be fostered just like our mind we need to be able to use both our heart and mind to love completely if we only develop our heart then we can be accused of being too emotional. If we only develop our mind, we can be accused of being too intellectual. Why is this balance required for love? Without a balance, we are pulled by our sensory conditions and our ego. We cannot love unconditionally until we balance our minds and emotions. When problems arise and our heads and hearts are unbalanced, emotions erupt, unkind words are spoken and tears flow. I have found this to be true as a parent. With calm minds and loving hearts, my family and I can have discussions free of accusations and anger. As a group, we can find equitable solutions to problems and family harmony is maintained. But without this balance, we all suffer. So let's move on to attachment. What is it, and why do I want to give it up? First, when we think of attachment, we must remember we are using our Western brain. In the West, attachment is seen as a beneficial thing, a bond, an affinity, a sign of love. In Eastern philosophy, attachment is defined as grasping, clinging, or craving. It can be applied to material objects, feelings, fame, or other human beings. Remember, love requires a balance between our heart and our mind. Attachment also requires a balance, a middle way. When we love our children, we should love them wholeheartedly, but not too excessively, like a helicopter parent, nor too little that we neglect them, but through the middle way, which is nurturing and supportive. Master Sotisan san answered a question about attachment like this. Yi Cheng-chung asked, Does the mind of a great person of the way have any attachments? The founding master said, If the mind has attachments, then one is not a person of the way. Cheng-chung asked again, Even Chang loves his children. Does this not mean his mind is attached? The Founding Master said. Would Cheng Jun call insentient wood and rocks person of the way? Attachment means that someone is so attached that he cannot bear to leave another person behind, or so he wants to see that person when separated that he cannot proceed with his own practice or public service. That does not happen to Cheng Sung. This passage reveals the proper amount of attachment, the middle way, loving just enough without losing yourself or neglecting your practice. Our Western view causes an initial reaction of non-attachment. I have often heard practitioners equate the idea of non-attachment with non-love. They say, I can't stop loving my husband, my children, Non-attachment does not equal non-love. Loving without attachment is loving unconditionally, powerfully, without clinging, and without desire. Non-attachment seems to lack the depth and passion of attachment, but it also lacks suffering. Attachment is the very opposite of love. Love says, I want you to be happy. Attachment says, You make me happy. I can't imagine my life without you. You complete me. Attachment limits our view and makes us forget that we are already whole. You have to abandon your ideas of a perfect love, a perfect person. You cannot set unrealistic expectations for your spouse or children. Loving someone without attachment means to love and accept them just as they are every moment of every day for this lifetime. Attachment can be ego-boosting and self-centered. How great it feels to be loved. You want more of this feeling. Fear and jealousy enters. What if this person stops loving me? What if they leave me? What if they see the real me? Then comes suffering. I remember in the early stages of dating my husband, it was exciting, emotional, anxiety provoking and exhausting. We've been together 30 years now. Our initial phase of attachment has dissolved and grown into a deeper, unconditional and supportive love. This feels much better than attachment. I have experienced non-attachment with the students I have taught. Why is it easier to love some people than others? I think this happens for many reasons. With my students, I have no expectations for their behavior. They aren't my children and so they are no reflection of my parenting abilities. I have no clinging because I am not hurt if they don't return my love. I'm not attached to them like I am am my own daughters. So I'm able to love them freely and joyously. We practice Won Buddhism to recognize our attachments, to soften them, to reduce the suffering in ourselves and loved ones so that we can love everyone freely and joyously. Reverend Yu in the book, Thunderous Silence states that our attachments can be sometimes obvious and sometimes very subtle. He retells the story of a basket maker to show the power of attachments. Quote, a poor man earned his living by making baskets from reeds by the river. One day he received three gold coins because a rich man was impressed by his cheerful, optimistic mood. The poor man had never received such a large sum. He started to worry about where to hide the money and how to spend it. Being anxious and worried, he could no longer sleep or sing cheerfully. When he gave the money to a less fortunate friend of his, he could sleep soundly again. Dharma is just that simple. The more attachments we have, the more we suffer. To the extent we crave, to that extent, we suffer, End quote. So I'll ask the question again, is Buddha telling us not to love or is he showing us a way to deepen our love by letting go of attachments? This leads me to my last point, putting the practice of attachment-free love into our daily spiritual growth and developing our love skill. Please put your hands on your heart. Remember, love starts with you, your heart and your mind working together. Please repeat after me, love starts here. Don't go looking for it anywhere else. Here are my suggestions to start your love practice. Practice meta prayer daily with a sincere heart give others unconditional love including yourself set no expectations give love and expect nothing in return see the interconnectedness of all living beings and our connection with heaven and earth we are one we are whole express gratitude daily treat everyone as a buddha deserving of compassion and love. I realize these ideas seem simple, but truly practicing them is challenging. Remember, you've got this. Just start by letting go of attachments.